we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 25th, 2009. And we're going to start down a little different track here. I'm going to be reading you a few different current events. This is from Battlecry, uh, who uh, Chick.com, the ones that, that put out the tracks and a lot of the Christian resources and things like that. They have a good newsletter. Uh, this is from September, October of 2008, and this one is entitled, Pope in Australia Pushes Unity of All Religions. And this goes on to say, During the Pope's visit to Australia, more evidence surfaced that the Vatican has not really changed its pagan system, only its tactics in coaxing the world into its web. Pope Benedict was there of officiating at a World Youth Day that attracted hundreds of thousands of, quote, pilgrims. He also met with leaders of other religions, Muslim, Hindu, Jewish, and Buddhist. He told them, quote, I think you would agree that the ecumenical movement has reached a critical juncture, the Pope said. Now again, what we talked about in the last thing, now you have a polarizing event take place, world cataclysm, maybe World War III, false flag nuclear event, biological pandemic, super volcano going off, maybe a tsunami. You might have that all in conjunction together. People will be so traumatized. And then you have lying signs and wonders of the false Christ that's coming. Uh, people are going to be ripe for this. They're already ripe to accept the one world religion. The religious leaders are all going to point to the same person. And if you're following that particular man or that particular religion... You're going to, and if you've already been traumatized and you've already been preconditioned for this, you can see that it's going to be very easy for this process to ultimately happen, most likely. And you combine that with things like witchcraft and then the other technologies that I've talked about with harp and Gwen Towers and the silent sound and how they're converting now to, to uh, digital TV and how they're going to be able to manipulate um, the pictures and uh, the... Um, the waveforms that they use with that silent sound technology. And I just did a teaching on that recently. You can search three or four weeks ago. Uh, we're, we're right on the cusp. And the Catholic religion is the largest pseudo-Christian cult on the planet. And it is the most poised from a logistical and infrastructure status to become that one world whore religion that we're going to have in the end times. Okay, All the other religions are going to come under its mantle, but it's not going to be known as Catholicism anymore. It's going to be an amalgamation of all these different religions. They're all going to bring their own uh, demonic baggage to the table, and we're going to go into a... Uh, the one, coming one world religion is going to be more like the New Age movement, more, more like the true Babylonian mystery religions, more like the essence of the Freemasons, who, who basically worship the great architect of the universe, or, or, the, or the Bible talks about that he's going to worship the god of forces, and that the Antichrist is going to cause craft to prosper in his hand, it says. And he's going to be a speaker of dark sentences and these types of things. And um, the essence of the coming one world religion is going to be witchcraft. Babylonian mystery, religion, witchcraft. What started a Tower of Babel with Nimrod, we're going to come back to that. Okay, We're going to come back to a uniting. That's when they were all united, right? Tower of Babel. They all got split up there. God confounded their languages, sent them to different parts of the world. Well, we're coming back to that again. And you know something real wicked was going to happen at that point because God had to split them up. Because they wouldn't be restrained from doing all that they had proposed. So God had to split them up. We're coming back to that. And this is just more evidence of that fact. The Bible clearly predicts it was going to happen. And uh, it's, it's happening. And then it goes on to say, We must guard against any temptation to view doctrine as divisive. That's what the good old Popey said. Okay, Doctrine is divisive. I'm sorry. The Bible-believing Bible Word of God is divisive. Jesus Christ said, Think not that I came to bring peace, but a sword. And a man's foes will be those of, they of his own household. Okay? Father against son, you know, mother against daughter. 
Because the word of God is divisive. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, able to the dividing of the soul and spirit and the joint and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God does divide because it's a it's a um, you know it's offensive to people, and that's just the way it is. Okay, it's not going to divide true Bible believing Christians. Okay, that's you you will be united in that, but it's divisive because it's the only um, religious system. It's the it, true Bible believing Christianity would be considered the only religious system. Where, you know, they're at, particularly toward the end times, when, when we get further into this, that is going to be viewed as this is the only way to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the only way to heaven. All the other religions view that as very offensive because they view their way as equally, um, or if not better, way to get to wherever they call their goal, whether it be nirvana or paradise or wherever. Okay? For us to say that true Bible believing Christianity is the only way to heaven, through the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, his shed blood. Okay, for us to say that as a Christian is a very offensive to other religious systems that believe in, and more so believe now, and this is happening more and more every day, in tolerance, and that there's many paths to God. Yes, the Bible says, broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and few there, and um, many there be that go thereat. Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. But see, the people that are on the broad way are very offended by true Bible-believing Christianity. They view it as being, oh, you're arrogant, and you think you're better, and uh, how dare you, and you must be stopped. And that's what we're moving into, the day and times we're moving into. So, the Pope says we, we've got to avoid this temptation, He's calling it a temptation, whereas the Bible says that it is so. It's not a temptation. Bible-believing doctrine is divisive. We're to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. We're not supposed to be yoked with unbelievers, these types of things. And um, they're saying it's the opposite, though. And then he goes on, And hence an impediment to the seemingly more pressing and immediate task of improving the world in which we live. That's not, that's not my, my pressing or immediate task of improving the world in which I live. Other than trying to lead as many people to the Lord as I possibly can, or putting out as much truth as I possibly can, or turning people to righteousness, being salt and light. Yeah, well, that, that, that is my goal. If that's what you call improving the world, then I agree with you, but he's not calling that improving the world, okay? He's calling improving the world as all religions uniting, and all getting on the same page, and having tolerance one for another, that's what he's calling good, evil, and evil good. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5 So, when you trust in the Pope, or your respective religious leader, or even your respective pastor, particularly if he's leading you astray, like Smiley Joe Osteen, or Benny Hinn, or one of these guys. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Are you trusting in that man? Or are you wholly relying on the word of the Lord Jesus Christ? The King James Bible. Are you? Are, which one are you trusting in? Okay, so because, you know, you're going to have to choose whom this day who you're going to serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And and the word of God is, is, um, is what you need to trust in. Not some man. So, if we go further, the Pope is continuing the strategy that ex- ex-Jesuit priest Alberto Rivero described several years ago. He tells how the Vatican failed to stop the Reformation by direct persecution. Okay, so, again, they failed to stop the Reformation, the Catholic Church, by direct persecution. Normally, when they take that approach, the Church grows, because the Church tends to really, really grow under persecution. That's just an established fact. And um, that's what happens. Excuse me here. Okay. And so, if we go further, they were not able to halt the spread of the gospel by burning the Bible believers at the stake during the Inquisition, which they killed millions and millions and millions of people, the Catholic Church. But evidently, we can just look back at all that and say, oh, well, that was just, you know, a little spilt milk, a little water under the bridge, and and they're not the same church. Yes, they are. 
They're just as satanic. They're no different. In fact, they've even invoked and, and recreated the office of Inquisition. Pope Benedict did that before he was even the Pope. And I, I talked about this. Um, if you key in the word Catholic or part of the word Catholic, and there's a study I did that says Pope bears Inquisition teeth. Just key in part of the word Catholic and you'll find it. My keyword search box on my homepage and we'll tell you all about it. So the popes then attempted to regain political power in Europe by supporting Hitler and Mussolini. Yes, they did do that. They met with them prior and during the war. Okay, there's records of these things. So they were, they were supporting Hitler and Mussolini. When that failed, they decided a more subtle approach, ecumenicism. Rivera, in the six Alberto series of, of the Crusaders, which is the series they sell, or I think you, can even, you might be able to go view it online, they explain how the Second Vatican Ecumenical Council in the 1960s, was a turning point in the Vatican strategy. Now, there's a... Um, within this movement, there's also another very deceptive movement. And if you want to know about it, go up to, go up to Alex Jones' site and go to one of his news stories, and on the right-hand side, you'll see this big uh, Catholic building. Okay? And it's uh, something like, the link is real big, and it says, the real story of the Catholic Church. Okay? And what they basically say, and this is a Catholic link that says there is no salvation outside of the Catholic Church. And uh, very, very emphatic on that. But see, what happened is at the Second Ecumenical Council, what they're saying is the true way of Catholicism got off track. And we're the true way. We're, we're really, we're, we're really um, uh, trying to you know, keep the faith. And in, in earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. That's their attitude in this very, very deceptive webpage. And understand, it's just Catholicism all repackaged. It's just they're saying they're sticking more to the true tenets, tenets of Catholicism prior to this Vatican II. That's all it is. But they're, they're emphatic stating there's no salvation outside the Catholic Church. Now, there's been a lot of people that have accused Alex Jones as being a Jes- Jesuit coadjutor. And I, you know, I have, I think that what they say has merit. I haven't really, I haven't done a teaching on this, but I have put out several very disturbing emails regarding Jones. Now, does that mean you can't glean anything off Alex Jones? No, there's a lot of truth up there, but it's always centered around the fear of man. Never do I ever see him point anyone to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's, let's really get, let's focus on the word of God. Let's, you know, um, you know, if, if we die, we die unto the Lord. It, it's, it's not that way at all. It's all man-centered. It's all, let's fight, let's do this, let's do that. And Jesus Christ is out of the picture. Now he has these rabidly pro-Catholic, gigantic banners on virtually every webpage to any news article. And several people have emailed him, and he, they just don't respond. They don't get a response. Um, and the banners have been up for months. Months and months and months. Plenty of time for him to have taken these down. And please don't say that, that he's not aware of it or whatever. I don't even want to hear that. You know, you're aware of what's going on on your own website. And uh, they won't take them down. So, you know, let's say that this all goes down uh, with this ecumenical movement and um, Alex Jones goes from being one of the people that's supposedly fighting for truth to one of the people pointing at Maitreya or one of the or the coming Antichrist. I believe that's a plausible solution because if he is um, promoting Catholicism, he's promoting people to go to hell. You can do everything on this temporal world to try to protect yourself, get all the water and get all the guns and the gold. But what, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? That's all that really matters. A thousand years from now, all that's going to matter, I mean truly matter, is who is in hell. And who's in heaven? That's all that's really going to matter, right? I mean, granted, I understand there's crowns and there's rewards and, and these things, but that's the major dividing line, okay? Heaven and hell. And uh, what Alex is doing right now is pointing people to hell. I'm sorry. He can call himself a born-again Christian all he wants, but actions speak louder than words. Take that link down. And there, you know, there, that's just the tip of the iceberg, with that, just understand, you can't put your trust in man. I'm not perfect either. Okay, I'm not saying put your trust in Scott Johnson. Check me out. Make sure what I'm saying lines up with the Word of God. 
in, in, in these types of things. And some of what I talk about is speculation. I understand that. But there's got to be some type of, of speculation made as to how maybe things may play out in the future with this alien scenario or with the one world religion or with the one world political system or the one world currency. Very hard to be dogmatic about. You know, you never know what kind of wrench the Lord may throw in. He's been throwing in wrenches for years. Like I said, if they would have had their way, this would have happened 20 plus years ago, all this stuff. God has been throwing monkey wrenches into their plans for that long, as far as I'm concerned, showing them to be really utterly powerless to implement their agenda until the Lord Jesus Christ says, okay, fine, go ahead. He who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The restraining force is being lifted, and when he's taken out of the way, then that wicked one shall be revealed, whom the Lord will consume the spirit of his mouth, and these types of things. Okay, just read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. That's where we're at. We're right on the cusp of these things going down. And, um, going further, let's see, that is what Pope Benedict is spotlighting, the divisive doctrine. That's what he's keen on right now. Okay? Ecumenicism, let's bring all the religions together, and what he's condemning is this divisive doctrine that must be set aside for the good of the world in which we live. Yeah, you set, a va- you set aside the Bible, and all that's going to happen is more people are going to go to hell. That's all that's going to happen. Uh, oh, another thing I've really been seeing them do a lot is... On AM radio and on like some of these stations um, that I flipped through, they have Catholic stations now. Whereas before it wasn't a big deal, it wasn't really emphasized. Now there's Catholic stations, and they're even they're even putting these on like public um, type of television channels, the lower channels or whatever, and they have Catholic radio stations. Now, I've just observed this in my area. And what I've seen, because I can't take a lot of that, because they all come out in their in their you know their robes and all this, and they act all holy and all this. All they are white sepulchers full of dead man's bones, as Jesus says. They look nice on the outside, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. They're of their father, the devil, and of his works they will do. Whether they know it or not, I'm sorry. Oh, he's such a good man. How dare you could say that? I say that because he's taking you to hell if you follow him and his his blasphemous religious system. What they're doing, I've seen, is so much emphasizing Jesus Christ. And you could literally listen to some of these Catholics talk and it almost sounds like you're getting a salvation message anymore. I mean, they're talking about Jesus Christ paying our sin debt and these types of things. You would think it'd be the opposite. They'd be wanting to emphasize Mary and this or that. Well, I think that's what they do to the people they've already got. But I'm talking about the the face that they're putting forward, which is to appeal to Christians that may be in a lukewarm situation or to get them softened up because the Catholic religion, again, is, I believe, going to be the backbone of the coming one world religion. It's going to be what takes all the other religions and puts it under its wings, its wicked wings. They're doing this to soften people up because when the line signs and wonders come, that's going to be enough to push a lot of people over the edge and to say, oh, it was the Catholic, or, or, you know, and then they're going to be saying, okay, now we need to amalgamate into this one world religion. But it's really designed for true Bible-believing Christians to get them to doubt that the Catholic religion is evil and these types of things. But I've been seeing a big trend of that lately. I just wanted to mention that because that is really, really dangerous stuff that we're talking about with this. Um, so, this doctrine, this divisive doctrine, Pope Benedict says, has got to be set aside for the good of the world in which we live. And then, it goes on to say, but whose doctrine or rules for living shall we use for the good of the world? Will it be the Pope's worship of a Virgin Mary goddess and or the wafer god of Jesus, who they call Jesus? Well, they do. They worship um, the Eucharist. Catholic communion host. And they believe that the, that the priest has a power called transubstantiation, which gives him the ability to change the wafer host and the wine into the literal body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
the literal body and blood. Why, why do you think they have Jesus up on the cross still? He's not on the cross anymore. He's on the throne, seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, according to the Bible. He's not on the cross anymore. He's not a little baby in a manger either. But see, they like to put him up on that cross because that reminds them that they can, the, the priests, that they can actually change the Catholic communion host and the uh, wine into the literal body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Literal. It's, it's really um, an abomination, the whole thing. And they worship this Catholic communion host as a result of that because they believe it's the literal body of Jesus Christ. So they put it in that monstrance and they, they parade it around and everybody, and all that is is sun god worship, essentially. Well, if they believe that the Catholic communion host is the literal son of God and they have this monstrance which has these sunbeams, it's sun god worship, son of God, but they believe it's really, at the occultic levels, it's the sun god, Tammuz. Really, yeah. The counterfeit version of Jesus. Nimrod's son. Semiramis, uh, Tammuz, Nimrod. Okay? The reincarn- essentially, the reincarnation of Nimrod. But the sun god. Okay, so you see how this all this ties into paganism. All Catholicism is is repackaged paganism. What's Tammuz's birthday? December twenty fifth, the birth of the sun god Tammuz, originally known as Saturnalia. The, the Catholics brought these things in the pagan uh, holy days. They turn them into holidays, and they paganize them, and they put a Christian veneer on them. And that's why there's so much confusion within paganism and sometimes within people in Christianity said, oh no, this all just, all Christianity is is repackaged paganism. Well, from a Catholic standpoint, they're right. And that's what these people on the zeitgeist that do the zeitgeist and the zeitgeist addendum, that's what they're keen on. They're just saying, hey, this is just, well, yes, if all we had were the Catholic religion, I'd have to agree with you. But we don't. We have true Bible-believing Christianity that started in, you know, through the Lord Jesus Christ, they were first called Christians in Antioch, according to Acts, these types of things. And we have a Bible that comes up through Antioch, and we have a Bible that comes up through Alexandria, Egypt, through the Catholic Church, the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus, okay, which spawned all the modern-day false translations. They've got their own Bible. We've got our own Bible, which originated in the King James. Okay, They've got their religion, which is the Catholic religion. We've got our, our own religion, which is true Bible-believing Christianity, and I won't even put a denominational label on it. You go by the Word of God. Denominations, for the most part, tend to mess people up. I mean, particularly today. I'm not saying it's always, you know, there were, there were different groups that in times past, you know, but today, with the, with the advent of the 501c3 church, there's so much that's been corrupted because of that. Um, so anyway, that, just to give you a little example, there's a big difference between the two. And I've done two whole rebuttals on the Zeitgeist and the Zeitgeist addendum. Um, I've done radio interviews on that to debunk that blasphemous theory. They're trying to attack the Word of God, Jesus Christ. Now, like I said with this thing with Paul, they're trying to attack the Word of God every possible way they can attack it anymore. Remember, any, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And this is what we're going through. We're going through a sifting process. We're going through a shaking process right now. God's sending the strong delusion. Remember, the Bible says, if you continue on my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. All we ever hear is, well, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. What is truth? The Bible says, that question is posed, what is truth? Bible answers it. Thy word is truth. What if you're reading a corrupt Bible that spawns from Catholic manuscripts that have been corrupted? That was essentially spire, uh, uh, retranslated by two high-level occultists named Westcott and Hort. That had a club that they went to called the Ghostly Guild where they got together with people like Charles Darwin and had seances. I'm not making this stuff up. They also were part of a, her- a club called the Hermes Club. Hermes? Yeah. The messenger god, the d- demonic god of death? Yeah. Yeah, same one that inspired the 1881 uh, revised version translation that essentially spawned every other version we got today, save the King James. 
NIV, American Standard, all these other ones spawned from that. Don't you think, I mean, if you were Satan, wouldn't you want to do the same thing? Wouldn't you want to question and corrupt God's word? He did that in the Bible. He did it in the Garden of Eden. Yea, have God said, he said to Eve. You think he's changed his tactics any? No, he's not changed anything. He's the same old devil. He's the same old liar. He is the father of lies. Remember, he's the father of lies. Lied to Eve, questioned the word of God, got her to sin. And we're kind of in the shape we're in today as a result of that original sin. And I'm not going to sit here and blame Eve for all my woes. I'm just saying it's, it's where sin entered in. So if we go further, um, so whose doctrine or rules for living shall we use the, for, for the good of the world? Will it be the Pope's worship of Virgin Mary goddess in the way for Jesus? Or will it be the 7th century Arabian moon god Allah? See, that's all Allah is. It's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible, if it was the same God of the Bible, whatever Allah was supposedly saying, well, number one, it doesn't line up with the Word of God at all. The Quran does not line up with the Word of God. It contradicts itself in so many places. It's, it's totally contradictory to so many things in Scripture. Allah is the moon God, okay, of the Arab world. And a hint of that is when you see the crescent moon on the Muslim flag. Okay, that's the symbol, right? The crescent moon and the star. So, and then it says, or shall we live so our karma will allow us to be a superior creature in our next cycle of reincarnation? Like, like the Hindus and the Buddhists and this type of stuff. So going further, Jesus said, he did not come to bring peace, but a sword. According to Matthew 10.34, he did not set aside doctrine to avoid being divisive. The Apostle Paul cautioned us against having fellowship with devils. According to 1 Corinthians 10.20, when the Bible believers stand for scriptural truth like Jesus did, false religions will gnash their teeth, not join in an ecumenical love fest. In the Alberto series, Rivera peels back Roman Catholicism's smiling mask to reveal the fangs and the horns of the satanically inspired prostitute whore church. He described how the Vatican shifted from the brutal Inquisition strategy to let's all get along together and love one another approach. How sickening. Now, 20 years after Rivera's warning, we see its success. No longer are Protestants protesting. See, th again, this just came to me. This is why that website that Alex Jones is promoting is acting like they're so different. They're the true Catholic doctrine, which say there's no salvation outside of the Catholic Church. See, there's a sect of Catholics that evidently Alex Jones agrees with that believe that there is no salvation outside of the Catholic Church. The Pope of today is not saying that. Now, I believe there's going to come a day when... Or he's not acting like it, I should say. I understand, yes, he may have indicated that in several places, but... He's getting together with all these other religions and he's not condemning them to hell. So this link that, that uh, is on uh, Alex Jones' site is taking a much more hardcore stance. There is no salvation outside of the Catholic Church. So they're very mad over this ecumenical movement since Vatican II that they see the Catholic Church taking. It's order out of chaos. It's one little sector group created to question this, to keep your thinking, you know... Thinking, oh yeah, that's the real truth, or this or that. It, it, it's, it's all a lie, is what it boils down to. If we go further, now 20 years after Re Rivera's warning, we will see its success. No longer Protestants protesting the unbiblical evils of the goddess-worshipping, wafer-god-based false church. No, the Protestants are pretty much, and that's where we get the word Protestants from, because they came out of the Protestant Reformation, what was that? They came out of the Catholic Church. Do you realize that Protestants came out of the Catholic Church? Like Martin Luther? Why? He was protesting. I don't want anything to do with it. Don't call me a Protestant. I don't want nothing to do with it. Mm-mm. Now, there's a book written about this, and I'm not saying this because I advocate... Um, any particular den denomination, but I believe there's a lot of truth in the history going way back. Okay, called the Faithful Baptist Witness by um, Phil Stringer. Excellent book 
on the history and lineage of true Bible-believing Christianity. Okay? And it, it's really good. It, I, I would highly recommend He's a gifted writer. Not super long. Uh, and you can find that on the internet. Faithful Baptist Witness. If you key in that, or Phil Stringer. Excellent book. I met Phil on several occasions. And uh, if you want to know more about that, the history, get that book. It's really good. Highly recommend it. So, even the evangelicals have bought the idea that Catholicism is just another denomination with a little different tradition and worship style. That's where it's coming now. There's no, there's no, you know, not to say there hasn't been times where you could go into a Protestant church and get saved. Okay, here enough salvation, you're not going to get saved in a Catholic church. Okay, unless the unless the priest is really uh, being convicted or something. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not saying it never could happen. I'm just saying when you have a church that is so evil and is so using doctrines of devils to advance its agenda, there's a very low likelihood you're going to go in that church and get saved. Okay. Not saying God can't do it, but highly unlikely, particularly in the day and times we're moving into now. The devil is a hijacker. He captures biblical truth and distorts it into a lie. Rome has hijacked the biblical Virgin Mary and turned her into the Virgin Mary goddess. Now, this is the same thing that's happening all over the world. We're getting the Virgin Mary apparitions. These have been going on for years. You know, the Lady of Medjugorje. All these things, they're claiming to be the, the uh, Queen of Heaven. She calls herself in many times these visions, the Queen of Heaven. Queen of Heaven, yeah. Synonymous with the Virgin Mary goddess. So let me just read this to you out of Jeremiah 7. I've already mentioned this a couple times today. Uh, but this is where God finally gets to a point. This is an example in the Bible where God finally gets to a point with a group of people that call themselves, let's say, let's just say in this context, they would call themselves, uh, how, how would you put it? Um, they would they would call themselves that they followed the Lord in, in His Word. Okay, And they would call, you know, like a lot of people do to this day, okay, um, this was, you know, obviously before Jesus died on the cross, but um, in regard to the Old Testament Jew under Levitical law, I'm just going to read a couple verses, it says in verse 8, you trust in lying words that cannot profit, well, that's exactly where we're at today, we, we've got people that, you know, are, are at, in the pulpits, and they're just, they're just giving them lying words, they're not warning the people, they're they're uh, they're just kind of sitting back now. Not to say everybody, but I'm saying a lot of people, a lot of preachers are in this um, uh, mindset today. Will you murder, steal, commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, and walk not after, and walk after other gods whom you knew not, and come and stand before me in this house? And this takes place all the time in, in America every week. In this house, which is called by my name. Okay, house of God, whatever, and say, we are delivered to do these abominations. That's where we're at right now with the church. They're saying, you know, they're glorying in their shame. We are delivered to do these abominations. We're so, we're, we've so got it together, we're actually delivered to do these abominations. All in the name of the Lord. Christian rock. Yeah, we can go and act and act like the world. We can get our piercings and we can get tattoos. We're delivered to do these abominations. God's given us a free pass. We can go out and act and look like the world. Live like the devil on the side. And we're delivered to do these abominations. Because, you know, God loves us so much. And again, I could do a whole study on this, but I'm just going to hit the high points here. Therefore will I do unto this house, which is called by my name, wherein ye trust, and unto the place which I gave to you and your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh. Okay. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. That's what's coming to America. We're going to be judged. Judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. Okay. These people are going to be cast out of God's sight. They're going to be given over to strong delusion. They will believe a lie. They will take the mark of the beast. And they'll think it's, they're doing God's service. The Bible talks about, you know, don't be amazed that when they come to kill you, that they think they're doing God's service. It's called totally demonically blinded, deluded, and deceived. 
And usually, you know, a high level of demon oppression or possession at that point, if you've got somebody thinking they're doing the Lord Jesus Christ service and they're killing other people. Not a lot of biblical precedent for that. Then it goes um, on to say, Therefore pray not thou for this people. Pray not for them. Neither lift up a cry nor pray for them. Neither will make neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. I don't know if we've crossed that line. I think we're pretty close with a lot of this garbage. And we know it's got to happen in order to fulfill Scripture. Okay, Yes, we're supposed to pull as many out of the fire as we can. That's why I have this ministry. As a watchman, I'm trying to turn people to righteousness. I'm trying to be your servant. These types of things. But, um, you know... This is, this is a biblical precedent here that's very, rarely ever discussed. Seest thou what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood and the fathers kindle the fire and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the what? Queen of Heaven. They're making cakes to the Queen of Heaven. Well, that's who this Lady of Magic Gordon, these apparitions, that's who she says she is, the Queen of Heaven. And to pour out drink offerings unto other gods that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger, saith the Lord? Do they provoke themselves to confusion of their own faces? That's why these people are so deludedly confused and deceived. Because they've been so turned over to a reprobate mind. Unfortunately, most of them have. And they're so delusional in their thinking. They call evil good and good evil. And they're confused. And God is not the author of confusion. And they're so totally devoid of any scriptural foundation or knowledge, particularly in the Catholic Church, where they believe only the priests can interpret these types of things. goes on to say, But they hearkened not, nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart, and went backwards and not forwards. That's, that's really backsliding there. Okay. But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation, and I've quoted this last week, that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction, Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. Remember, whom the Lord loveth, he also chasteneth. And if you be without chastisement, which is like a spanking from God, then you're bastards. A bastard is, is an illegitimate son. That's a quote from the Bible. But see, this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God. They don't, obey, they don't receive correction. See, you need to be correctable if you're a true born-again Bible-believing Christian. You need to be correctable. Correction through the word of God. Truth has perished and is cut off from their mouth. What is truth? That word is truth. Well, when you've got the majority of Bibles out there being leavened, being false perversions, it's one way that you can cut off truth out of people's mouth. They don't even have the right Bible. They don't even know they're not reading a Bible. And they really don't even care about it anyway. Because some other guys interpret in everything for them, whether they call them a priest or a pastor or whatever. They're not going to seek these things out. Going further, and it says, They have set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name to pollute it. It's a typical church. And they have built the high places of Tophet. That word means to burning. But it was the God that they built high places to. Another deity of child sacrifice. Which they have in the valley of Hinnom to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire. That's how they did it then. They are more honest about it. Now they, 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 they kill the baby in the womb in darkness and, you know, you don't see it, it's under this medical thing and you don't see the baby being slaughtered. But see, back then they were more honest about it. They actually took the baby, bore it, and, and put it, um, threw it, threw it in the fire or onto Molech's hands that were white hot with fire. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how demon possessed you'd have to be to do that? But see, it's so much more palatable if you kill the baby in the womb. Because you don't see it. And so, a lot more people will do that. Back then, there was fewer people that were willing to step up to the plate to do it this way. So they could gain financial security or whatever thing they were trying to gain. I, I, I can't imagine. I, it's, it's, it's just incomprehensible how somebody could do that. But is an abortion, in God's eyes, is that any better? In God's eyes. It's still murder. Yeah, one way's more out in the open, the other way's done more in darkness. <laughs> And then it says, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my heart. God's never told anybody to ever kill their... Go through and kill your kid. Okay, This is something that 
satanically is satanically inspired. Okay, I understand Abraham and Isaac and the whole thing. Okay, listen. God didn't have him go through with it. Okay? It was a test of his faith. But this is, this is just an example here of, you know, pray not thou for them. Now, you know, while I'm on the subject, let's just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Another, another example, kind of more of a, of a um, modern times example of this concept here. Okay, and again, I'm not telling you not to pray for people because that's not my, my choice. I'm just saying that there's going to come a time when God just, they've been given over and um, uh, these are just examples of that. It, it is rep- reported commonly that there is fornication among you and such fornication as not so much as named among the Gentiles. That one should have his father's wife. Okay, now this was going on in the church, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And this is stuff that even the Gentiles weren't doing. And you're puffed up, and you have not rather mourned, that ye hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. That's what the Bible says to do. Do you think they do that anymore? Oh no, anything goes in the church. We're not going to judge. We have no right to judge anybody. Whereas the Bible says, he who is spiritual judgeth all things. Bible says to mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans 16, 17, and 18. So, I mean, you've got all these biblical precedences that are never preached in in the church. And then they name people by name. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Demas has forsaken me for this present day world. Paul named him by name. Okay. There's a lot of biblical precedent. But see, because this isn't going on in the churches is another gigantic reason the churches are in the shape they're in. And then it goes on to say, In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together in my spirit with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Now, I've done a whole teaching on this, delivering such an one over to Satan. I'm not going to go down that road that road right now. I've already done a whole teaching on this. But the reason is, is it says in verse 6, the glory is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. One person that's totally in abject sin coming into your church is going to affect it and that sin is going to permeate. But the churches are so leavened right now for so many different reasons and so far gone. And again, it's part of the strong delusion that God said He was going to send. I just wanted to give that as an example. But this Mary goddess, Queen of Heaven, that's who they, they worship. And all these apparitions around the world, world, these line signs and wonders. Oh, Mary's calling herself co-redemptrix. Or sometimes you have to get saved through her alone. Kind of depends. The version, the, 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 um, they record these things and, and, you know, they have the words that are being given. And it's always contradictory to the Bible. You know, Always. It, the heart of it is always contradictory to the Bible. So you know, they're just lying signs and wonders and devils and much more to come. Going further, in their strategy of ecumenicism, they hijack Christ's prayer that they may be one um, of John seventeen eleven, And Jesus was praying that his disciples would be in unity. He specifically distinguished them from the world that they were to bear witness to and not unify with. Big difference when you have, yeah, the body of Christ, the remnant to be one, is a big difference than the whole world to be one. And that's what the, the Catholics are trying to uh, say. Soul winners, one billion Roman Catholics, and hundreds of thousands of Protestants are falling into this ecumenical snare. We need to expose this as Antichrist, an Antichrist movement. If you get the Alberto series Crusaders comics into the hands of as many as possible, also helpful are the eye-opening gospel tracts, Why is Mary Crying?, Last rites, the death cookie, and our Roman Catholics Christians. Now, you can go up to chick.com. Be careful there because you could probably get in a bad site if you didn't. Just www.chick. Just chick.com. And uh, you go up there and they've got tracks and comics. You can go view these online and even print them out. I print them out or you can email them to people. And, you know, they're irrefutable. They, they're not going to be able to refute them. But they're excellent educational tools, not only for the person, you, but for if you can get a Catholic to read them. Okay, and then I'm going to go to this next article about the Catholics. This is entitled, Vatican Synod Says the Bible Not 
is not the only word of God. Okay? When the Bible believers discuss the word of God, they assume everyone agrees they are referring to the Bible. But if you are talking to a Roman Catholic, he's probably thinking more, more than that. In October, a synod of bishops was called to discuss the word of God in the life and the mission of the church. Guidelines for discussion contain the statement, both the Bible and tradition are channels of communication of the word of God. Both Bibles and tradition, where does it say that? It doesn't. See, they make up the rules as they go. The Pope calls himself the vicar of Christ. What does vicar mean? Substitute. He is the substitute of Jesus Christ on this earth. And as a result, he is basically viewed as sinless and in, 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 in perfection. What a sickening abomination. So, the, both the Bible and tradition are channels of communications of the Word of God. Therefore, the Word of God finds its completeness of meaning and grace in experiencing both. No, it doesn't. We're going to look into that in a second. One inside the other. This, in this way, both can be called, and indeed are, the word of God. So both the word of God and tradition. Lies from the pit of hell. This is how, this is how virtually all cults that have any kind of Christian veneer to them get going. They, they'll, they twist and misinterpret scripture, take things out of context, and then they, and then they have their own traditions on the side, or their own prophecies, or their own visions which, you know, just like the Book of Mormon and the Pearl of Great Price, and then they have their Bible, the King James Bible. Well, you can't have all three. And always what ends up taking precedence are the man-made things and the man-made visions. They always take precedent over the Word of God. Um, they can indeed and be are, are called the Word of God, both tradition and... But the Bible says, Forever, O Lord, that Word is settled in heaven. They're not both the Word of God, because the Word of God has already been settled in heaven. It may seem like so much doublespeak, but seemingly it expands the definition of the Word of God to include the Roman Catholic tradition. Therefore, when we speak of the Word of God to a Roman Catholic, he is not thinking just the Bible, but he is also thinking of tradition or the magisterium, as they call it. It is the official tradition that encrusts the Bible with all the ritual, superstition, priestcraft so contradictory to Scripture. Again, all Roman Catholicism is, is paganized pseudo-Christianity. Paganized. Started back in 318 when Constantine started this whole mess. The first pope. Done several teachings on this. So when you use the Bible to witness to a Roman Catholic, he does not see it as God's complete word for him. In fact, he has been taught that he cannot even understand the Bible unless it is interpreted by Roman Catholic tradition. Great way to keep people in control. You know, hey, we got to interpret it for you. The guidelines for the Synod go on to confirm that, plus they use a pro, pro, uh, corrupted Bible, the American Standard Version, which came from the Revised Version of 1881, which came from the two corrupted Catholic manuscripts, the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanus, okay, which came essentially from Alexandria, Egypt. So if we go further, the faithful have the responsibility, okay, so this, no, the guidelines for the Synod go on to confirm this. Quote, the faithful, the faithful, the, uh, the Catholic faithful, have the responsibility to listen to the Bible and to meditate on it. But to explain it in the responsibility, is the responsibility only of those who by right of sacred ordination have the task of teaching or or those who have been entrusted with the exercise of this ministry. So the only ones that can do this are this you know, pagan priesthood that they've got. The, you know, the one, same ones that are in all the pedophile scandals all the time. I had a lady email me the other day. She says, hey, you, you're leaving out the nuns. They're, they're uh, rabidly notorious for, for being... Um, uh, you know, lesbians and doing all kind of other stuff too. It's unnatural is the point. And I'm not saying everyone is, but it is unnatural. You're going into a system that will demonically infest you and you're telling me that's not going to affect your behavior? And if there's one way Satan can, can if he can pollute us, he always wants to produce pollute us sexually. So, you know, you've got this rash of pedophile priests. I've done studies on this. Just can part of the word of Catholic, you'll find it. It's all documented. I'm not making this stuff up. There's whole documentaries on this. But yet, the world takes a blind eye kind of all that stuff, and they excuse it, and for the most part. 
So, in other words, so the unbiblical Catholic priesthood, riddled with pedophiles, are the ones trusted with the interpretation of the word of God. That's what they're telling me. I'm sorry, as a, as a Bible-believing Christian, I, I read this and I'm thinking, what are these people thinking in this religion? They truly are demonically blinded. That they could take a blind eye to this. Pedophilia, one of the most disgusting, abominable practices in the sight of God. And it's rampant through the Catholic Church. And yet these people are entrusting these very devils with, the, um, with their eternal salvation. They're looking to these ones, this priesthood that's been so corrupted and so perverted... They're, in, they're, they're looking to them for their salvation? That seems insane to me. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just looking at this on the surface, but that seems pretty insane. This is no different from the Jehovah Witnesses who are told he is not capable of understanding the Bible, but must rely on the Watchtower Society to interpret and explain it. Remember, the Bible says the prophecies of God are of no private interpretation. So all these people are saying, oh yeah, this or that, and, and I, I have to interpret this for you. No. Uh-uh. I'm not saying a, uh, uh, um, a born-again Bible-believing Christian can't help you interpret the Bible, obviously. But when you are dealing with somebody that's in a cult, don't do a Bible study with them. Don't bring them into, into your house or bid them Godspeed, as the Bible talks about. Don't do that. You may just fall under their spell. I've had it happen to me when I was a baby Christian. I gave this, this Jehovah Witness um, who studied his... New World Translation, which is their Bible, very, very much. He says, yeah, yeah, come on over to my house. And then here I am with a living Bible, one of the worst Bibles you could have. As a baby Christian, he did this work for me so that he could get me, try to get me converted. Got me over to his house on his turf. And that guy really messed me up for a little while. It didn't take long. God pulled me out of it. For probably a good week. And I was having really serious doubts. But the Lord pulled me out of it. Okay, and, and, and I've always taken great offense at any cult that would try to take me or any other Christian or any other person to hell. And that's one of the reasons I do what I do now. Because I don't want to see these people go to hell. I know I don't want to go to hell. I, at the time, you know, I was going to hell before I was saved. And um, I view these cults taking these people that have no biblical background and they're introducing them into these cult systems and the ultimate goal of all this is just to see how many they can get to hell. Uh, it's, it's a very sad situation. In Matthew 15, Jesus told the Pharisees, Ye have made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. And again, the very word of God indicts the Catholic religion over and over and over again. But they don't go by the word of God, so you know. And then it says, can the Pope avoid the same condemnation when the Bible says Jesus is the only mediator, but Vatican tradition says pray to the Virgin Mary Goddess? It also says, you know, he's the vicar of Christ, he's the substitute Christ. Or the Bible, I mean, doesn't, doesn't Benedict, doesn't he just look satanically possessed? I can hardly stand to look at the guy. He's so full of demons. I mean, I'm sorry, but the guy is. It's like Satan on earth. And these, these Catholics worship him like he's a god. Like he can do no wrong. He's infallible. What a lie from the pit of hell. There's no, there's, no con, there's no precedent for that in the Bible. The only one that lived in sinless perfection that ever walked the earth in the name of was the Lord Jesus Christ as far as a human. I understand he was God-man, but I mean, I'm, I'm talking about this concept here. Pope is not infallible. He's not the substitute of Jesus Christ. He is a counterfeit. That's all he is. So, he's just one of Satan's great, you know, tools in this end time. The Bible says that, or, the Bible says God is spirit and to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. But the Pope says, worship a way for God instead. Or the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will guide us to all truth, but the Pope says the church and its tradition must explain what truth is. How this spiritual bondage plays out is graphically illustrated by a young lady who this writer attempted to witness to. When encouraged to study the Bible, she responded, No, if I read the Bible, I'm sorry, I can't see this, it will 
raise questions that I do not understand. If I have a problem, I go to my priest and he solves it for me. Again, Jeremiah 17, 5, Cursed be the man that trusted in man and make it flesh his arm and his heart departed from the Lord. When Jehovah Witnesses, soul winners have discovered that the best approach is to plant seeds of doubt about the Watchtower Society. Oh, with Jehovah Witnesses, soul winners have discovered the best way to do is to plant seeds of doubt about the Watchtower Society. A similar approach with Roman Catholics can be effective. Chick Publications has tracts and books that equip you to do this. If they'll read them. Now remember, the books in and of themselves aren't going to do a thing unless there's, if, unless there's not prayer behind it. I really believe that. Because you're fighting a spiritual battle. We battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness, powers, these types of things. Okay, Put on the full armor of God. That's the only way you're going to reach a Catholic. Is, is really prayer, I believe, first, and then education second. It's not education and then no prayer. Because... You're not going to un-demon influence somebody just through straight information. They're, if they're blinded, if they're demonically blinded, you have to deal with the spiritual component. So, again, yes, these are great resources. Awesome. But it's just like I've given these... I, I had a real burden for Masons. I always have. In fact, I've got special tracks for Masons I have on my, my truck. And what I do is I take that track uh, that they've got, the Curse of Baphomet, or they've got another one now, I think Good Old Boys, and I take it to the page where Albert Pike, the highest-ranking um, Confederate war general that has a statue of him erected in Washington, D.C., city limits, he was the guy that started the Ku Klux Klan, he was the guy that revived modern-day Freemasonry, he was the guy that wrote Morals and Dogma, an exoteric and esoteric version, to the Masons, it's like the Bible of the Masons, and in the esoteric version it says that, essentially there's a quote in there that says, to the crowd we say we worship the God, the God that the people adore, but to you, sovereign grand inspector generals of the 30th, 31st, 32nd degree, and the 33rd degree, we say that we worship Lucifer. Okay? Flat out says it. Okay? They worship Lucifer at the highest level. And I turn it to that, to that page. It's usually right in the middle. And I put it in an envelope and I mark the envelope confidential. And if I drive into like a grocery store or something or a parking lot and I see that, you know, it's easy because you know who they are because they've got their little medallions on their bumpers. <laughs> so I put that under their, uh, their windshield wiper and, um, and uh, you know, at least they're going to, I mean, I don't know if it's going to do any good. Uh, but, you know, they've been warned. They've been warned. I pray it does. I pray many people have been saved and I, I do try to pray. And when you do these things, okay, because um, you never know how the Lord can use one track. You never know. There's been a lot of people saved from these chick tracks. You never know how the Lord can use something like that. Um, and it's not up to you to do that. It's That's up to the Lord. But if you've prayed and, and you're putting these seeds out, it's a good thing. You know, um, it could potentially lead somebody to the Lord. But they've got the resources include understanding Roman Catholicism Answer to my Catholic friends. These are more low-key approaches. In other words, it's not like in your face. Like I have an attachment called Catholicism Exposed that will be attached to any of the teachings on Catholicism. You can click the little white PDF button and you can look at it. I've updated it though, but um, that's probably not the best approach <laughs> giving them my Catholicism Exposed package because it's going to be highly offensive. I mean, it doesn't pull any punches. It's just stating facts. Whereas they've got a lot of resources, like these books I just mentioned, that are more of a, of a more gentle way you can approach it. Um, and then they've got also the, evidently, books called Babylonian Religion and the Two Babylons Detail the Pagan Origins of the Unscriptural Traditions of the Catholic Church. Tracts, which they have, um, I mentioned these before, Why is Mary Crying, Last Rites, The Death Cookie, and Are Roman Catholics Christians? The Roman Catholics are trusting the prostitute church to get them to heaven. But they need to know that Jesus said to come out of her, that ye be not partakers of her plagues. Um, so, we really need to emphasize this fact, uh, the prayer, and that these Roman Catholics are just going to hell. So I'm going to go ahead and end our teachings for today. 
And Lord willing, we'll continue next week. I'll close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've let us come together again. We praise you and we worship you for your mercy and your goodness that you have bestowed upon us, that you've given us another day of life, Lord, for the water that we drink and the air that we breathe and the food that we eat and the roofs over our heads, Lord, and for our families. And and I pray, God, for my listeners, that you would bless them, Lord God, that you would um, keep them safe in the name of Jesus Christ, that your angels would encamp around about them, that your fear would be upon us, and that your fear would be against our enemies and your enemies, and that, Lord God, you would save our unsaved family members and the people in our lives that are around us, that you've put in our lives, that need to be saved. I pray, God, that you would open their eyes to the truth, and that, Lord God, any curses that are, that are binding them, any demons and devils that are blinding them, I pray to God they be removed, that they see, and that they get saved in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, I pray, Lord God, you do these things for for your glory. I pray you would forgive us for any and all sins we have committed in any way, shape, or form. And that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us, and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.